0: This podcast is sponsored by ArtColorKit.com. Are your art supplies lonely? Visit ArtColorKit.com. So it's Sunday, and I'm really not feeling like working at the studio at all. I'm here anyway. I don't really feel like painting anything. I don't really feel like drawing anything. I, I didn't go to the studio yesterday yesterday. Uh, because I was hanging out with friends, uh, doing a little celebration for St. Patty's Day. And I got uh, hung out with some friends this morning. We did a brunch. It was like a little double date thing. It was a lot of fun. I got to hang out with a comedian friend, Sammy, and his girlfriend. And we just had a good time hanging out laughing and eating some good food. But now that I'm at the studio, I just don't really feel like doing anything. And it feels like everything I do is just like an imitation of my past self. I don't know how else to explain it. It's like I want to do new things. But I feel like the weight of my past work is forcing me into a certain direction. And I feel like I'm having to make work against my will. And it's really uh, disheartening, to be honest, disheartening for a number of reasons, mostly because I feel like I'm not necessarily enjoying the work. And I don't know if that's because I have other issues I'm dealing with right now uh, in terms of unemployment and, um, and uh, trying to find a new place to live, which may very well be the case. I do have my job interview tomorrow, and I've got some questions and stuff for the interviewee and lined up, and I've got some samples of things I've worked on in the past. Uh, they have, and I also printed out an extra copy of my resume. So I'm feeling pretty good. I really hope I get the job. Uh, it, it'll It'll go a long way towards making me feel... Uh, Not like a screw up, you know, I'm not a screw up, but I feel like one uh, right now, just because I'm unemployed. And I feel, I feel like I'm not being utilized effectively. I feel like I'm doing what I want to do. And it makes me feel selfish. And it makes me feel like my what I want to do with my personal time isn't valuable enough to earn an income. I think what I really need once I get a job and get a new place to live is I really need to put all my energy into finding a gallery and finding some form of representation. I've looked at a few galleries around Denver uh, and I I like the ones that I found, but the real question is will, will they even consider me or are they even looking for new people? I feel a lot of self-doubt in terms of finding gallery representation because I feel like I'm not good enough, which I'm almost certain that's in my head. I know my work stands on its own, and I know it's interesting to me, but I feel like I can't cross this next like, creative barrier until I have some form of representation because I feel like I've said my message, my visual message, and i mean what i say but nobody's hearing it or seeing it and understanding it and i think that's mainly because i am not presenting it so i need to have some form of gallery representation to where i can show my work and that's kind of where i'm at now i'm feeling like i'm feeling like i'm screaming into a void rather than screaming, or rather than, like, I don't feel like I'm screaming off a mountaintop. I don't feel like I'm screaming at the ocean. I feel like I'm screaming into a void. I feel like I'm getting too, ins. Uh, is the word insulated? Uh, Too insulated from the world. And I feel like while I'm in my studio, the real world's happening elsewhere. And I feel like my artwork isn't connecting with the real world and it hurts my feelings, to be honest. It hurts my feelings, and it feels makes me feel inadequate, and it makes me feel disassociated with the people I'm trying to connect with. And the people I'm trying to connect with are people like you, the listener, and people who want to go out, go into a room, and that room be filled with artwork. And I want you to walk into a room that's filled with my artwork, and I want you to understand who I am as a person. And I feel like, as an individual, and I feel like if my work were to be in a room in that context, you will get who I am. But I need the opportunity. And I've had an art show recently. It was a three-month show. It got extended because of the coronavirus Uh, but I had a show at Odell. It was my second show there, my third solo show ever. And I sold three pieces from it, which is great. But I'm vastly underpricing my artwork because I don't feel comfortable enough charging what I think the artwork is actually worth. I think I need the intermediate, the art salesperson, the gallery owner, the representation. I think I need that in order to be uh, at my prime creatively. I think I need that to be at my prime creatively. And I don't know. What else? Um, so I've been reading that Marbles book that Alex, Alex got me. And uh, it's it's hitting the nail on the head pretty hard with this uh, bipolar stuff. Uh, if, if you're experiencing any type of bipolar tendencies or conditions or manic depressive or whatever it is. I really recommend it. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't remember the author's name. But she does a very good job of representing what it's like to be bipolar. And it makes me feel less unique. And it makes me feel very seen. And it feels good knowing that someone else has not only gone through what I'm going through, but can articulate it effectively effectively. And it makes me feel like what I'm doing with this podcast isn't, um, isn't not, 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 I don't want to say a waste of time. It isn't as selfish as I think it is. I think that doing this podcast, I feel like if you're listening to this and you think, oh, this is relatable or, oh, I'm not the only person who thinks this or feels this way. Like whenever I talk about my issues or what, what I'm going through. I feel like that's what it's about. I feel like it's about connecting and then finding, finding ways to resonate with each other. And that book, Marbles, it, it's, I'm feeling like I'm resonating with her and her experience. And it makes it easier for me to contextualize my life and see, see what I've done and know how to frame it in a positive way. I guess. I don't know. I don't know if that made any sense whatsoever. I feel like I kind of got lost halfway through speaking. All I'm trying to say is the book's good. And if you have any bipolar tendencies, I think you should listen to it or or read it. It's a graphic memoir. So it's got a lot of pictures and imagery and also uh, like handwritten words. So it's really, really cool. And there's a lot of personality. And I think she knocked it out of the park. And I'm so grateful for Alex for mailing me a copy of it. So what I'm going to do after I finish it is I'm going to give it to my girlfriend and just tell her, hey, I think that this may help you understand me. And that's what Alex said one of his friends did to for him, is that his friend gave him a copy of that and she said, it, read this, it'll help you understand who I am. And he said it helped him understand her and from him doing that, giving it to me a copy, it's helping me understand me, and I'm giving it to my girlfriend, who I love, and I want to be able to communicate effectively with her, so it'll help her understand who I am, using um, the author's life as a, um, as a catalyst for conversation, and I'm very grateful for the book. And I'm grateful that she decided to make it. And I'm grateful that I'm not alone in this world. But one thing that happened in the book is there's like a list of all these artists who have dealt with bipolar uh, disorder or mental illness or some type of mood behavior disorder. And it's like a long list. I don't have the book with me or I'd read you some of the names, but it's a lot of people And there's symbols next to the names, like there's a symbol for uh, attempted suicide, uh, a symbol for suicide, a symbol for, I can't remember what the other ones were, but those are the ones that resonated with me, and and there's some names that didn't have any symbols, so they were able to deal with it, or they got help, or therapy, or whatever it is, or they made it through, like... um, Michelangelo is one who made it through. William Blake made it through. A lot of people made it through, but not as many as you'd think. But there's also statistics where it's like, if you have bipolar disorder, you're much more likely to die by suicide. And then if you drink on top of that, um, you're, uh, the rates of suicide is way more. I think it was like one in two, but I don't have it in front of me, so I can't quote it accurately. So that being said, I think I'm going to lay off the booze. I do it as kind of a release valve, but I've been drinking almost daily. Uh, Not a lot, just like, you know, I'll get home and then I'll just have a beer, or I'll get home and I'll just have a whiskey drink. But I don't want that to become a problem, and I already feel like I'm gaining a little weight uh, just from my medication and the alcohol. So... What I'm going to do is I'm going to try to go a year without buying any alcohol from a, like a liquor store or a convenience station. So just not buying it from any store like that. If I'm out with friends, I'll, I'll have a drink. I'm not a square uh, and I'm not trying to live my life in like a, some type of black and white dichotomy. Uh, I, I, I want to be able to have a good time and I want to be able to share experiences with my friends um, so I will still have a drink, but I'm not going to be buying it for myself, for my private consumption. And I've done this before. Uh, so it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I think a long as I've been without any alcohol, I think it was like maybe four or five months. I actually had my first breakdown whenever I was still sober. Um, I was smoking a little weed at the time, but i wasn't um i wasn't drinking at all which is one reason why i i don't smoke weed at all anymore uh just because it's not good for me and my brain if if you can do it more power to you i don't think there's anything wrong with it i don't think it should be illegal i'm happy that mississippi decriminalized it and made it legal for health reasons like for medicinal purposes I think it should be legal nationally and globally, really. But for me, as someone who suffers from a mood disorder and suffers from mental illness, I cannot smoke it. It affects me negatively. And I'm starting to think that drinking may be affecting me negatively as well. So I'm going to slowly, I'm going to cut that out. I'm not going to be buying it from any type of store But if I'm at a restaurant and I'm with people and we want a beer, I'll drink a beer. If I'm at Odell Brewing and I want a beer, I'm going to drink a beer. This isn't like a black and white thing, and I'm not doing the whole, I'm going completely stone sober or I'm going sober for a year or a month. I'm not doing it like that because I feel like uh, as someone who is bipolar, I feel like there's like the manic depressive shifts in my life. And anything that turns my decision making into a binary system into a yes or a no, or, a, uh, or a, I don't do this, or I do do this, it's just not healthy. So I'm trying to see everything in a gray area. And I'm trying to make the healthiest decisions I possibly can for me. So I'm not quitting drinking, I'm quitting drinking regularly regularly, 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 regularly. I'm quitting drinking regularly, regular, regularly. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I still feel like I'm having trouble making artwork. And I really think it just comes down to being a simpler thing as I just don't have space. So I don't have anywhere to put it. I'm really hoping wherever I move, With my home living space, I have area where I can just take all the art I'm storing at my studio and take it home and just like have it in a corner or just leaning up against a wall or something. But I need more space, just no way around it. I need more space. And I think that's really what it comes down to with my art production at the moment I do feel like I'm imitating myself, which doesn't make me feel good, but I don't know how much of that's just mental. It seems like a lot of it may just be mental. That's why I'm still going to the studio. I'm still showing up. And once I get done recording this, I'm going to... I might edit it and just go ahead and upload it. But once I get done with this uh, podcast, I am going to uh, just paint anyway, even though I don't feel like it. I'm just gonna put pour out some new paint and just do it. Right now, it's a it's a blue piece that says peace P E A C E. Yeah, I'm just gonna paint it. I don't want to. I don't feel like it, but I'm just gonna do it anyway uh, because I'm an artist and artists make art even when you don't feel like it. You gotta you gotta do it because you know that's life. Sometimes life's hard and you don't want to do certain things, but you just gotta do them anyway. So what am I grateful for? I don't think I did that last time. But what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful for open dialogue. I went to a vigil. It was an Asian-American vigil uh, over there by Coors Field Park. Uh, there was a lot of people there. Uh went there yesterday with Dre, and she and I stood there, and... I felt like as a white man in America, I felt like a lot of the things they were saying uh, were directed at white men in general. I'm happy that I was there and I got to hear what those people had to say. I felt uh, and this is something I need to work on because they weren't directing it at me. I just felt like they were. And I think it's because deep down, I feel like I am the center of the universe and I feel like everything, uh, involves me somehow. Uh, and I don't know what that is. I think that's just immaturity and being selfish, but, um, I'm grateful for open dialogue because I was able to express these feelings, uh, to my girlfriend, Dre, And she was able to show me that when people are saying things like that and they're hurt and they're trying to express themselves, they're not attacking anyone in particular. They're expressing themselves. That's it. You know, they want change. They want people to know how they're hurt. They want people to see them in the situation they're in. And they want people to see it and hear it and be present for it. I think that that's my takeaway of me as me uh, being someone who has difficulty hearing other people's problems whenever I'm dealing with my own problems. The The vigil was for, I believe it was eight people who were murdered uh, in, I think it was Atlanta, and the people were Asian, and it was like a massage parlor, and It's awful. It's a tragic event. And it should never have happened. There's a lot of people hurting because of it. And I hope that there is growth that can come from it. And I hope there is some type of change that can happen that will prevent this from happening again, whether that's I don't I don't know. I don't have the answers. I just know that no one should be murdered ever. I don't know. I don't know how you get to that point to where you think it's okay to murder people because I don't know enough about it to speak about it. I just know that no one should be murdered. And it really breaks my heart. And hearing those people at the vigil expressing themselves made me very uncomfortable. And I think that was the point. Even now, I feel like me saying that makes me the center of attention. and makes me feel like uh, it was for me somehow. And that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that it made me uncomfortable to hear their pain, their suffering, and how they feel they are being treated. And when I say they, I mean Asian Americans. Yeah. So I am grateful for open dialogue and being able to speak honestly and openly about any subject matter because that's how we grow and that's how we become better people. Uh, I'm grateful I have relationships where I can speak openly and honestly about almost anything. And I only say almost because you have to have tact about some things, some things you just don't need to talk about, in my opinion. And those are things that are like confidential or things that are between individuals. Like I don't feel like relationship things need to be open to the public. I don't feel like conversations like with your family, like I feel like there's some things that should remain with your family, some things that should remain with your friends, and some things that should remain with your loved ones and in your in your relationships. And that's what makes those relationships so special is because you have things that are between just you. I am, op- I am grateful for open dialogue and personal growth that comes from those open dialogues uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a day I'm probably gonna edit this and then get back to painting um, like I said I really don't want to today I'm really kind of exhausted um, but I need to I don't want to right now but I need to so I'm gonna edit this podcast and then I'm gonna get back to work at the studio. Um, okay. Love you. Bye-bye. This podcast is sponsored by artcolorkit.com. Are your art supplies lonely? Visit artcolorkit.com.